And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros. Hello and welcome to Prospects to Pros. My name is Nate Tice. I am your host today. Today we're going to be talking about first-year players, second-year players, various categories in the NFC. We'll be going division by division. Last week we did the AFC, so if you want to check that one out, it's still on the feed, still pretty fresh. Even with cuts, we have not said anything too stupid uh, with cuts day and none of the guys that we touted got cut or anything like that. So make sure to check that one out. But today, doing the NFC and to help me do that, as always, the master, the expert, the beast himself, Dane Brugler. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I think uh, I did mention Cade York. Uh, it's, he did oh, shoot, the Browns, so we did have one. Uh, I, think, I think that was it. You know, we're we're taping this yeah afternoon on Tuesday, so uh, right in the middle of when all these cuts are happening. So you yeah. never know. But um, yeah, I think we'll be in good shape. But it, any big takeaways from Week Zero college football? I mean, it was just I was watching mm. tape this morning, and um, you know, it's, it's UTEP. But it just feels so good to have new tape, you know. It's just yeah. it's like uh, the new season. You know, we didn't have a lot of big games week zero, but yeah, you know, Gavin Hardison, quarterback for UTEP. Yeah, he, he was my thirteenth senior quarterback yep. in my my ranking, something like that. He's got something to him. He's got an arm, uh, yeah. so he'll have a chance. But yeah, not a lot of big games. Notre Dame, USC played. Sam Hartman, Caleb Williams. So something to take away from week zero, but uh, weren't any big storylines happening, right? It was, oh, USC defense looks the same. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Williams looks the same. <laughs> Compliment. <laughs> yeah, one one is derogatory and one is complimentary uh, when yes. I say the same there. But yeah, the UTEP quarterback, I have been meaning to ask you about him because I went back and watched his game against Oklahoma last year. I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, that's what's nice with week zero and no NFL on. It's like, okay, I, I can take an hour here. Got it. He's got a real arm. Like he's got a live arm, and he can throw off platform. I, uh, yeah. The joke I made, I actually I shouldn't have made this joke because he's a decent, he's an okay athlete. But I said yeah. he throws like Jeff George, but he runs like <laughs> Jeff George today, and <laughs> that, that's kind of yeah. how it is. But I mean, he's got I mean he's got some real juice now. Some someone to keep an eye on. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of fun. Not I wasn't really expecting to focus on the UTEP miners. Uh, uh, yeah. this entire season, but I will be. I will be making sure to keep an eye on that guy. Well, it's such uh, a loaded senior class of quarterbacks. Uh, you know, dude, all, with yeah. all these guys. It's He's a guy that could get lost in the mix, but he's a guy that scouts are, are watching closely because he does have an NFL arm. You know, average yeah. size, six one and a half. Yep. Uh, you know, probably around 215 pounds. Like you said, he's an average athlete at best. Yeah. Like, I think he'll run under a five-second – 40, yeah, that's probably yeah. the nicest thing I could say about his athleticism. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he's got an NFL arm. You know, that, yeah. that touchdown that they called back, or he he dropped it, that receiver dropped it in the end yeah. zone. Uh, that, I mean, that was that's an NFL throw. So yeah, Gavin Hardison, a name, underrated name to know uh, yeah. that we'll be talking about throughout the draft process. And, and it, like you said, an interesting QB class, another interesting name yes. to keep an eye on. And uh, yes. uh, really the Oklahoma tape was pretty cool because it wasn't just the bombs, you know, that's 
uh, you know, which was outstanding too. He throws them, he puts them on the money, which is like yeah. consistently, but he had, he had a couple RPO kind of trick shots, you know, like flat footed mm-hmm. and stuff. And so it was okay. Right. That's, yeah. that's good. Okay. We're, yeah. You're not a great athlete, but at least you can, you're not, you know, falling down and trying to chew bubble gum and walk at the right, same time. Right. So that's good. All right. So let's jump into the guys that are actually already in the NFL or about to start the, their first NFL season. Uh, again, we're going through the NFC. We'll have various categories. Those categories are going to be second year players first and then rookies. Uh, we're just going to go division by division, uh, loading up on, but we'll hit on probably every team with some guy in some way, shape, or form. So didn't want to load too many names in here, although we'll probably have about 40 honorable mentions for everybody because Dane and I cannot help ourselves. <laughs> uh, right. But starting with the NFC East, uh, second-year players with most to prove uh, for you, Dane. Let's get this thing going. All right, so I have co-winners here. Um, I, it, the two names that immediately came to mind, uh, first, Evan Neal, uh, yep. Giants right tackle. Uh, he's banged up last year, and I know that affected how he played, uh, especially over those final two months. But, man, he really struggled for stretches. Uh, that that uh, wild card playoff game, it was ugly. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say, if there's any team that understands some of the learning curves at tackle for young players, it's the Giants. Andrew mm-hmm. Thomas, he was not good as a rookie. And then he made a big jump in year two. And then, I mean, last year he was near elite. Uh, so obviously, yeah. So obviously the Giants are, they're hoping Neil follows a similar path. Uh, you know, a lot to prove this year. Then the other player uh wanted to mention, uh, Eagles nose tackle Jordan Davis. You know, yep. it wasn't. Two names I had. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I wasn't yep. super high on him coming out. I thought there were more concerns with him as a prospect than most believed and mm-hmm. it's something we talked about a lot yes until draft day right and you know my my main concern was how often can he stay on the field and still play at a high level you know he was he was good as a senior at, at georgia it's not like this is i'm saying he's a bad player he was good uh, his final year at georgia but he averaged 25 snaps a game and so yep. if you ask him to play 30 plus uh 40 plus snaps in the nfl with and that's what you're going to ask him to do. If you're yeah. to justify a first round pick. In the top 15, <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it was 13th overall. So he was a high first round pick. Can he live up to that? Uh, last year for the Eagles as a rookie, he played in 16 games as a rookie. He logged more than 25 snaps in a game just once. So like I said, don't get me wrong. I, I like Davis. I think he yeah. can grow into a dominant run defender, but he has to show that he can stay on the field and sustain that high level of play instead of just being a flash player and someone that's going to be a part-timer as opposed to someone giving you 40 snaps a game on defense. Right. He's kind of looked like like a – I don't want to say the term. I'm not going to say the term. I was going to say a sideshow attraction, uh, but a kind of like – but kind of a, an anomaly. Like he's just like such an outlier size-wise, and it's so right. interesting. But, you know, it's not Ted Washington – right now it's mm-hmm. not those types of guys that he's actually affecting the game and i remember the pre-draft process and you were kind of like okay guys yeah he's he's interesting you know and he's you know obviously gigantic but it's you still have to like do something and yes yeah. i know nose tackles aren't going to load the stats up because of just what they're asked to do and fill blocks and everything but he still has to when he gets those one-on-ones push the guard back push the center back like undersized guys were hand their hand like handily handling him like it wasn't just like anything where he's actually affecting the game per creating pressure i could yeah barely remember any pressures that he created off the top of my head when i watched you know several games of that eagles defense because they had such a good defense uh but yeah i agree with that jordan davis one where it's like he has to start doing something and watching this preseason it's kind of more of the same which is a little concerning and they mm-hmm. need him you know they're they're they moved on from javon hargrave like they are they're invested to these guys with him and 
another guy I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, but they yep. invest in these guys on the interior. You got to do something and you can't just be a plugging nose, but you got to be a plugging nose that actually affects the game. And then same with Evan Neal. Did, didn't he also like get contacts or get LASIK or something like that? Evan Neal uh, yeah. very recently. Hey, whatever helps. <laughs> whatever helps. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I he was a guy that I was high on. I ended up having him as my tackle three. Uh, I I really like Cross. I'm sure we'll talk about him and Aquanu. I I really came around on Aquanu, um, but I, I just thought Neil too. I thought he would also hit the ground running. I thought he'd be a very kind of safeish kind of prospect because of what he was asked to do in college and his, his frame and everything. But like you, I'm not out on it. Like you just mentioned, Andrew Thomas was an all pro level player last year. Neil's with their offensive line coach, Bobby Johnson, I think is one of the better ones in the league. So I, I, I'm with you that I'm not out on both of these players, but you know, they start, have, they might have to start being more consistent to justify their high picks. Yeah. Uh, all right. So now second year players ready to take a big step, uh, which, who do you have here on the NFC East? Uh, I think a couple of Cowboys came to mind uh, among these second-year players. You know, Jake Ferguson. Uh, yeah. He's going to be the starter at tight end with Dalton Schultz in Houston. So, you know, he'll see plenty of targets, plenty of opportunity. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, the receiver, uh, you know, he's behind CD and Brandon Cooks and Gallup. Mm-hmm. But he's had a great training camp. And yeah, at the does. very least, you hope he can fill the shoes of Noah Brown and be a guy that can give you some snaps off the bench. Uh, but I'm going to go with John Dotson, uh, the commander's receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, second year, he, he, to me, going into his second year, he, he is ready to break out. He missed yeah. almost half of last season with that hamstring injury. Yep. He ranked 10th among rookies in targets, but he was tied for first in touchdown catches with seven. So obviously, you know, the wild card in all this, when you talk about the the commanders, that offense, Sam Howlett, quarterback, yep. what will that look like? But Dotson, Terry McLaurin, it's such a dynamic one-two punch that, you know, I, I just, I can't help but be optimistic about it. And, and Dotson, going back to my scouting report coming out of Penn State, one of the, probably the biggest catch radius I've ever scouted for a player under 5'11". Yeah. Uh, he, you rarely see him drop the ball. His routes are crisp. He's a 4'3 athlete. Yep. He's going to produce this year. So I, I'm very excited to see what he looks like and we'll see if he's ready to break out. I, I Dotson was one of mine as well. I, I think we both loved him going into the draft yeah. process last year, just for all the things you said. I, I he just screamed high, high, high end number two, and it's like he's already looking the part. I mean, yeah, the preseason looks great, and when he played last year, when the ball actually got to him, uh, he actually was looking the part as well. I'm glad you brought up the red zone stat as well because that is where that catch radius really comes into play. Yeah. It, it's just, and also the game that always stands out to me is the Michigan State snow game. I think it was mm-hmm. uh, that they had, and he's everybody else is slipping and everything and he's snatching throws away from him on the move you know the ball is not going anywhere near him and he's still grabbing that ball uh yeah no, big fan of him so I, that's a great call i'm gonna go with another kind of one of my guys from last draft uh and really had a nice rookie season even was more positive right away than i thought and that's tyler smith the offensive yeah. guard slash offensive tackle for the cowboys i'm gonna be playing left guard for them with another t smith T.Y. Smith, uh, right next to him at left tackle. Who knows if he stays healthy, but I, I thought Tyler was way more of a real NFL player way earlier than I ever thought he would be. His 100%. his thing with, oh, yeah, his, yeah he, you could see the athleticism and everything um, coming out of college, but it was just always, he had all those holds, and I know that was a concern with a lot of people, but usually when holding is a concern, it's when guys are uh, like, they're not athletic enough to keep their feet, and they, mm-hmm. so they have to grab. His was because his hands were just terrible. <laughs> they were so outside and he was yanking guys. And so it was, he had just learned subtleties. And 
yeah, even last preseason, he was showing it during the regular season. He held his own at left tackle. Guard could be a really good spot for him. I think he's going to take another big step. One of my bold takes on our uh, uh, this, I think it was top 10 offenses pod. We were talking about the Cowboys, but I had Tower Smith. I think he's going to make the Pro Bowl this year. Uh, I'm, I'm very, 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 yeah, I'm very high on him. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to just take another step forward. Good, good, good player already. Yeah. No, I mean, and you're exactly right. He was a raw player coming out of Tulsa. There's no way around that. And so you think, all right, yeah, he's got the play strength. You really like the movement skills. You like the physical traits that he offers, but the, the gap of, okay, Technical development, yeah. mental development. You mentioned the penalties. He still he, he led all rookies in penalties. He had like 15 penalties or something did. like that. But it's just, okay, you were worried about how long it was he going to bridge that gap and be a functional NFL player. Because that, that's all the Cowboys really needed from him last year. Yeah, he, he exceeded expectations. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I thought it would take a more patient coaching staff Agreed. to – and that, that's something that worried me where the Cowboys, they drafted him high in the first round. And I was worried that Cowboys are obviously a win now team. It, it, I was worried about, uh, you know, just them being a little impatient with him, but to all the credit, give, give uh, Tyler Smith all the credit, the way yeah. he, the way he worked, the way he developed in, in short order. Um, no, that, that that's a good one. Cause yeah, the, the Cowboys have to feel pretty optimistic about the player they got when, I don't know. I mean, he was option, you know, B, C, D. Like he wasn't, yeah. I don't think they went into the draft thinking that's going to be our guy, but that's how the draft fell. And I think they're certainly happy with it now. I'm sure they are. It's kind of like the Michael Parsons draft where they were trying to take that's a quarter. <laughs> they just exactly. fell in a- they, they wanted Patrick Sertan. They wanted J.C. Horn. And yeah. they ended Which up they getting- weren't wrong about, but it's just, oh, right. but let's oh, fall right. into a generational pass rusher. <laughs> that's well, pretty- yeah, even, even a guy like Zion Johnson, we talked about in last, yeah. you know, the Cowboys yep. would have loved to have Zion Johnson, but, you know, he got snatched up in the top 20. Uh, you know, he doesn't fall to them. And, and here they are with Tyler Smith. And I don't think they regret that uh, the it's way funny, things played huh? out at all. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's a real, real good player. Like just like just everything you said, it's just that I thought it would take him a year and it's yeah. <laughs> the fact he was already doing it in week or month one was really interesting. Um, so sticking with the second year players, uh, who is one or a couple that had a better first year than, or a better rookie season than most people realize? Well, sticking with the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. A lot yeah, of Cowboys here. The, yeah. They've got one of the best uh, pass rushing duos uh, with Michael Parsons and Marcus Lawrence, but Sam Williams uh, yes. had a really nice first year as a sub-package pass rusher. Uh, he he had the second highest pass rush rate uh, among rookies, and it's you know funny with the Cowboys they they've never been shy with that second round pick to be a little uh, you know risky. Uh, <laughs> put it that way, the, the uh, Randy Gregory know, pick. That's <laughs> Randy Gregory, Jalen Smith coming off that injury. Jaylen Randy Smith, Gregory yeah. and his issues. Um, Kelvin Joseph was a second rounder, and I. I haven't been keeping track if he's a cut or not, but he's on the bubble of making that mm-hmm. that Cowboys roster. Uh, Sam Williams. Uh, this was a Dan Quinn pick. You know, he, uh, you know, with Williams, yeah, he had some troubling character concerns out of Ole Miss. Uh, it's something that has followed him to the NFL. He had, mm-hmm. he had a reckless driving charge last year, and then this summer he was arrested for possession and some type of illegal weapons charge. So and speeding, yeah. Th- there's still a lot we got to figure out with Williams, right? Uh, but all I know is he can really affect the quarterback with that upfield acceleration, that um, attacking rush style. So, you know, what he put together, I think he's a, he, he had a better rookie season than I think most people realize. And then yes. cornerback Deron Bland. Yeah. Uh, was that your guy? That, you're gonna that, say? that was that was number yeah. one, and I still have another cowboy to talk about. I love it. Well, yeah, yeah, Bland. Uh, he's he worked primarily out of the slot, and yeah, I mean, 
easily outplayed where they took him in the fifth round. So I, I think that maybe it was the Colts game, that midseason uh, uh, game, that's where I was really like, okay, yeah, this guy, this is not a flash in the, in the right. pan. This guy's pretty good. He had a pair of picks in that game. He just, he locked it down. So um, I, I, there were, watching his Fresno State tape, there were concerns about just his ability to read routes and stay connected. But he had some of the key traits that you want at corner. And this is what the Cowboys scouts focused on. He had speed, mm-hmm. he had length, and he had toughness. And that, yeah. that's a great foundation for a corner. That's what the Cowboys were betting on. And uh, so far, so good. Because, yeah, he played pretty well as a rookie. Yeah, and the toughness speaks. That's You have to be to play the nickel. You have to be in that run fit. Right. And, I mean, yeah, he was one when he was playing. And I think that's where... I was still high in the Cowboys defense going to the last season or even early on. And it was just like, well, you know, you got a fifth round rookie starting for him. You know, that's always kind of like, a, I don't know if that's something right. I bet on, but he, he, yeah, never missed a beat. Yeah. Good, good player. That was one of mine as well. I had Jake Ferguson as well, who you already mentioned, yeah. um, tight end for Cowboys. Also, also Wisconsin Badger. Uh, but I was even, I wasn't like high, high on him coming out. Like I never really touted him. He went exactly where I thought he should have gone. I had yeah. about a fourth round grade on him. Early day he, three, right? Yeah. And he looks good. <laughs> he <laughs> looks just like another three down tight end for the Cowboys that just like can do everything well. Maybe not an exceptional athlete, not an exceptional blocker, but he's fine, actually solid in the area. He can block in line. He can move a little bit. Uh, he can catch some balls. He's like kind of a nice underneath option. Actually pretty good intermediate. Yeah, he's been way better. Uh, a, lot, he was very, a lot of Dalton Schultz there, right? I mean, exactly. I mean, all their guys yeah. look exactly alike. Right. <laughs> it's all the Big Ten guys. They have a type. Uh, they do. They do. I know, and they all look good. I mean, Hendershot looked good. Uh, I mean, yeah, they 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 have a thing for these tight ends. And then I actually Schoon had another maker they drafted in the Schoonmaker, another yeah. Michigan guy. They they the um, guy I actually wanted to ask you about is another tight end, but it is for the Giants, and that's Daniel. Is it Bellinger or Bellinger? I, I Bellinger. never got. It is yeah. Bellinger, right? He's a he's from Vegas, actually. I know that. Yeah, San Diego um, State. Way more of a dynamic receiver than I, I think I even gave him credit yeah. for coming out, and they use them really well. There, it's a uh, they've done a great job there in New York with how they scheme stuff up on their offense, especially. But yeah, just been a lot better athlete, better receiver, just a better everything <laughs> than I gave him credit for. Uh, but yeah, he's really just looked the part as a very functional, very useful tight end. Now they got Darren Waller. I think those two kind of pair very well together. So yeah, that, I just want to give him a shout out because he was even rewatching the Giants. He's like, yeah, he stands out more than I expected. That uh, That's a great call. I think if not for his injury that he had last year, we would have more people would know who Bellinger is. I mean, yep. he's I think he's an above-average athlete for a size. Uh, you see the body control, um, and you see it as a both a blocker and receiver. Yes, um, he didn't have a ton of production in college, and so I think that you know people didn't really know about him or Every recognize him ever. as a prospect, <laughs> right? But uh, you see ball skills uh, yeah. as, as you know toughness, versatility is there as a blocker. He's he's very detail oriented. Yeah, um, I, you know he just he's a guy that is going to execute his assignments, and so. Um, Again, did not have the production in college, but once he got part of, I, I gave him a fourth round grade, and mm-hmm. you know I thought he would be come in, be solid, and that's so far so good. That's exactly what he's been. Um, yeah. One other guy I want to mention too, Eagle safety Reed Blankenship, who yeah, last as a rookie, he had more defensive snaps for the Eagles last year than Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean combined. Goodbye. So I mean, coming out of camp uh, or coming into camp this year. You know they've got a lot of safeties in in uh, in Philly. He was fighting for a, a starting job. 
And it looks like he secured one. So not bad yeah. for an undrafted rookie uh, who played pretty well last year. Someone that the Eagles really relied on. Yeah, and he uh, he was a guy when he was playing. Uh, like people were kind of like making fun of him, like kind of going like, "Hey, oh, right. this guy's on the field. We're screwed and everything." And I, and I kind of haven't given this. I'm glad we get to talk about him. Is I thought he played okay. And I thought he, he played did. well. He and it was mostly yeah. in I want to say they played the Cowboys at Dallas. That was the game that I'm thinking of. But it was it was late in the season. It was I think it was when Minshew was starting and everything. But he was playing in safety and I actually thought he looked fine. Like and yeah. I, I might be crossing my wires here, but glad he gave him a shout out because yeah, I think he got dogged for reasons I can explain because it did not reflect what his on field ability was. Um all right, now let's go to the rookies. Uh what's the first round who's a first round rookie that you're most excited to watch? Uh, I think there's Actually, a couple of good ones here. I I, I really I didn't narrow down mine at all, so I'm curious what what you <laughs> who's your who's your one A because I got a one A B and C. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I for me, I've got to go with the Eagles first rounders, both of them. Uh, Jalen Carter, arguably yeah. the the best player in the entire draft class, and you're reuniting him with Jordan Davis on that defensive line. What does that look like? And then Nolan Smith, uh, how does he yeah. fit into the pass rush rotation? Uh, will he be primarily an upfield player like Hassan Reddick has been for the Eagles? Are they going to ask him to drop as uh, more of a linebacker? Uh, uh, so with Nolan Smith, he my 11th overall player, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, he fell to 30th. So, yeah, and the main concern there was usage. And so yeah. I'm eager to see how Sean Desai, who first season as Eagles defensive coordinator, uh, and he's a coach known for being a little outside the box with how he – operates the front seven who is bringing what he's asking these guys to do so I'm, I'm very interested to see how he uses a toy like nolan smith yeah no that that's a good one and i think the scheme fit i'm trying to figure out for him as well because they used him as a straight edge pass rusher get up the field type in preseason and what i think we both liked with smith was i think he has some do-it-allness uh like yeah. you said with dropping and everything so yeah I, I think i'm curious especially their blitzing it looks like a little bit more so seeing him as a dropper mm-hmm. and obviously there's some translation from what he did in college so yeah obviously a guy i had jalen carter as well it just I can't wait to watch him. <laughs> I just want to watch him in the NFL, real reps, real you know amount of reps, and also just what he's asked to do. Yeah, very excited. I think he, especially in that type of defense, that just go ahead and go. Also, Emmanuel Forbes, the corner from yeah. Washington, uh, their first round. All 170 I, pounds of them. All 170 pounds of them. I, yeah. I like them all. It's That's exactly it. I'm excited to watch. I'm scared to watch. But a guy that I thought going into watching him originally, I thought I would be low on because what you said, he's skinny. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And yeah, a ball hawk, obviously, with the pick sixes and everything. But just a nice football player. Like he's mm-hmm. willing to tackle, even if kind of falls off guys, <laughs> especially yeah. especially uh, in the preseason a couple times. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of liked uh, some of the traits. And I just think he has some dynamic abilities. And Deontay Bakes has actually looked pretty good in preseason as well, mm-hmm. the corner for the Giants. So have to but- give him a sh- Yeah. As I say, with uh, uh, it's interesting because when I with Forbes, um, when I started really, you know, like doing like top fifties and things like that, I had him and uh, Keely Ringo, Georgia corner, yeah. uh, pretty close. And then like the more you study the tape and get into it, the more Forbes and Ringo went the opposite ways uh, because Forbes is just a just a tough football player, even yeah. though he has 170 pounds, even though, uh, you know, he doesn't have maybe, or he falls outside some of the boxes that you want. And he also had what, 16 total interceptions. Uh, a lot of those you return back for touchdowns. I mean, yep. those ball skills, it's just not by accident. And so where Ringo couldn't find the ball, uh, you know, if you just threw it right at him. So that, that was, 
that's a big reason why they separated themselves. One went 16 overall, 17 yep. overall. The other went in the fourth round. So, uh, and then I'm glad you mentioned Deontay Banks. I mean, bo- both these rookie corners, they're going to a division with C.D. Lamb, with yeah. Brandon Cooks, with uh, A.J. Brown, yep. Deontay Smith. I mean, th- there's some real talent. Uh, we talked about uh, Jahan Dotson. So, Scary Terry. McLaurin, <laughs> yeah. right. There, there's a lot of receiver talent, so a lot of opportunities for these uh, corners to uh, sink or swim early. No, absolutely. And yeah, and Forbes and Banks have looked okay in preseason where it's like, yep. okay, all right, cool. That's good to see. No, I that's it with Forbes is that ball hawkness is it's very real. He's a very aware football player. Um, yeah. I love watching him in zone and just kind of baiting. He he know he understands high lows, which is he really does. cool to see a, a young corner be able to do that. Um, so getting out of the first round, any non-first uh, uh, any, of course you're gonna have a couple, but <laughs> non-first round rookies that can make the biggest impact in your mind, Dane. Uh, well, I'm eager to see uh, Deuce Vaughn and how that works in Dallas. Uh, yeah. you know, they just cut uh, Malik uh, uh, Davis, so yeah, it's right. It's and, and obviously ahead. Pollard's Pollard's the guy, but Deuce Vaughn, they're going to use him in some capacity. And so, what does that look like? That that's going to be really interesting. Um, Sidney Brown with the Eagles, uh, mm-hmm. third round safety, who I, he will start games for them this year. Um, I, I feel confident saying that. Um, and, and so, just how does that all work out? Uh, but my answer, I'm going to go with Giants receiver Jalen Hyatt uh, because of that that vertical speed, mm-hmm. the ability to win deep. I mean, even if he's the fourth, fifth receiver to start, which probably will be, uh, even if he's only seeing a few targets per game, just the threat of that speed, it changes the way defenses will react. And you can bet Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, I mean, they're going to look to expose that advantage, you know, with that vertical element that that Hyatt brings to the offense. So the impact that Hyatt can offer, uh, I'm just interested to see how that works out. Yeah, he and it looks like this is what I kind of alluded to earlier is with uh, with Kafka is he's just very very good at adapting, which I, I've I've already seen. It's only been one year as a true play caller, but it's really cool right. how what he did with Daniel Jones and Saquon and their Island of Misfit Toys pass catchers that they had last year. But like with Hyatt already, and there's already the clip going around. You could see where he is. He's going vertical against uh, Sauce Gardner. Sauce, is, right? They they understand what he's good and bad at. Okay, yeah, he yeah. might not be pressed. He might be better from the slot. But let's get him on the move. Let's keep him off the yeah. ball. Let's get him on the move. Let him use. If the his corner's going to give him space. Let him take advantage of that. Let, let him, him burn it. it. They yeah. got so many guys that can win underneath that. Even if he doesn't, you don't have, say. Yeah, right. <laughs> they got twenty of them. Uh, right. But is that? this is a guy that can kind of be a booster effect for them. And yeah. even if he doesn't get all the targets, so that, that's a great shout out. And Deuce Vaughn is, what, what was your final grade on Deuce Vaughn? I, I, I loved him because, but I just had to be realistic. So I had like a sixth, seventh that's... round on him, but it was, I, I like as an actual football player with vision and actual running back ability, he was like, he would have been like a day two pick if he was normal sized. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to say, I, I gave, I hate to say it like that, but I gave him a late fourth, early fifth. I mean, okay. I, I was not super high on him. Just I and mean, we—he's not going to be a consistent between the tackles runner in the NFL. It just is yeah. not going to happen. But if you give him any type of space, man, he is so much fun. And that yes. that size—he again, this isn't like a running back who. Uh, it's been five eleven his whole life, and then he woke up one day and he's five five, and he's like, "Oh no!" Like I don't know. He's always been short. He's, he he right. knows how to use that to his advantage. Uh, running close to the ground, hiding behind the big blockers, and then just you know picking his way through, seeing the opportunity, and boom, he he's hitting the crease. So, you know, he, he I think that size, even though it's not ideal and it will limit him, uh, it, it's something that 
it's also going to lead to some big plays. And so that's why yeah. I'm so interested to see how, just how the Cowboys use him. Is yeah. it going to be, you know, because he will be limited in some third down, you know, as a, as a blocker, uh, but he can catch a ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pollard, he's never been the guy in Dallas in terms of workload. So Touches, how do yeah. they balance that? And so a lot, it, it, the Cowboys are a team that are expected to be in the playoffs, expected mm-hmm. to, you know, push for uh you know wins in the playoff how they operate this run game and use a talent like deuce vaughn that who's so unique is definitely one of the main storylines for this team yeah no it's i i they obviously like him so that that's again i want to see how they use him i I, my one uh, i just want to throw on here is another giants uh player is center john michael schmitz their Mm -hmm. second round pick uh seems like he's already starting for them uh obviously they like him i've Speak, shout out to Bobby Johnson again. Heard an interview with him where he's talking about him, how uh, easily he adapted to the NFL game. So that's really cool. Yeah. Has some maturity stuff. So um, center for the Giants, hopefully can be a long, long-term starter for them. Always love to see young centers develop. So John Michael Schmitz could see some impact for Big Blue this year. All right, moving on over to the central time zone. NFC North. Second year players with the most mo- second year players, I'm sorry, with most to prove. Who do you got for us, Dane? Uh, so, okay, the Bears had, what, three picks on day two last year. Jaquan Brisker looks like a solid starting safety. Yeah. Uh, but it's the other two picks uh, who were pretty disappointing in year one. Offenses had really uh, no trouble picking on uh, Kyler Gordon Kyler last Gordon, year. Yeah. Uh, he was targeted last season uh, among rookies. He was near the top. Um, when he was targeted, receivers had – it's like an 81.9, something like that, reception rate, which was by far the most among all rookies. No other rookie had above 75%. So when they threw in his direction, good things happened for the offense. Uh, he also had like seven penalties. Uh, he was inconsistent versus the run. So, all right, now that's the bad news. The good news, you talk to anybody who has watched Bears practices this summer, they'll tell you Gordon's been the star of the camp. So yeah. that's obviously encouraging, but we have to see – it on the field during games for it to really matter. And so Kyler Gordon really uh, eager to see what he looks like this year for the bears. He was their first pick uh, last year. It was like 39th uh, overall. So we're talking about a top 40 pick. You Mm -hmm. have to hit on those guys. Uh, The other day two pick uh, who, uh, you know, talk about the most approved Velas Jones, who was a really surprising pick when it happened and it has not aged well uh, so far. He had only seven catches. Pun intended. Yes, uh, <laughs> an older prospect, uh, and uh, you know, even as a return man, that, because that was a major part of why the Bears drafted him in the third yeah. round. He was uh, expected to be make a big impact in that way. He w- he was solid as a kick returner. Mm-hmm. He averaged uh, over twenty seven yards per kick return, but they couldn't trust him as a punt returner, and so that's, that's off the board. Uh, I thought you know, just getting feedback from scouts throughout the process, most saw him as a fifth round or later type of prospect. Mm-hmm. And in year one, that's that's how he played. So a lot to prove uh, from Jones here going into year two. No, it's it surprised us. I remember even I remember Robert looking at us in the draft show, and we both just were like, <laughs> yeah. like where to start? I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I, got nothing. I know. I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry, Robert. But yeah, we like <laughs> like the other guys. No, but uh, no, Gordon's uh, even in preseason games, I, uh, he's looked better. I think is yeah. at the very minimum, um, and I liked him coming out. So I. I it's, it's a tough position, especially going into a slot like that. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to go through, a lot to sort through at the NFL level. I'm going to go with uh, Devontae White, defensive tackle for the Packers, mm-hmm. their first round pick last year. Um, just because I know the Packers are 
slow with rookies. They let the, these guys take their time. They like you have to earn your spot on the start uh, with the starters. Got to see it. Got to see it this year. They need him. Not saying anything negative. We just haven't seen him seen much of him. So I, I really want to see him this year. And I think reports have been positive. Uh, and I again another guy I really like coming out. I think he's dynamic, uh, especially uh, just as a disruptor. And it's a guy they really need to step up. The other team. Uh, I, I just said team, not even just player. I just said the Vikings' first three picks last year. Uh, okay. Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth, yeah. and Ed Ingram. All three of them. Uh, like, mm-hmm. need something. Need something out of you guys. So I know they've battled injuries and everything, but even when they've been, uh, you know, Ed Ingram, when he's been starting, has been just can't barely playable. Wasn't uh, good, Booth, yeah. yeah, Booth has been, you know, that's been his kind of his MO is with injuries. Uh, and then yep. Seen's kind of just been up and down with both things. So got to see things with all three of them. So I think all three have something to prove, especially with that regime right now. All right. Yeah, no, those are, those are good. The only other name I would mention, too, uh, would be Quay Walker. Uh, the Packers are yeah. the first-round pick, uh, yep. who – just a dreadful run defender uh, in year one. I mean, he, he looked good in coverage because he's that big, long athlete, but the, his run fits were inconsistent. Um, he just, he did not play smart football. And that really peaked, it was against the Lions when he pushed the trainer and got ejected. Like, it was just like, I, you, you can't play stupid in the NFL. No. Uh, it doesn't matter how athletic you are. You can get by, at, you know, in the SEC too and that kind of stuff, but um, you know, you're going to get exposed quickly if you don't play smart, disciplined football uh, in the NFL against pros. So uh, a lot from Quay Walker that we still need to see. Yeah, he is, it's a good reminder of some of these very athletic toolsy linebackers and stuff is they get away with it so much at college where they can de- right. they can have that half second delay and then they go oh i'll just run the guy down anyways i'm good so no that's a great call yeah <laughs> i think we just nailed like nine of the top 10 picks in this division <laughs> way to go lions way to avoid right. this <laughs> way to avoid this a little bit but uh stick with second year players maybe something a little more positive uh second year players ready to take a big step this year well, speaking of the lions uh, yeah. f- uh first round pick uh suspension or not jameson williams uh i yeah. He's an easy breakout candidate, right? I mean, because he missed almost all of last year as he's recovering from that ACL uh, injury that he suffered at Alabama. Uh, it was, what, in the playoff game against Georgia, uh, the, the championship game. Uh, he had only uh, one catch last year on eight targets, so not great. But that one catch, he made a count. There's a 41-yard touchdown. Yeah. Uh, he just ran past everyone to the end zone. So, I mean, it, it's funny. And this is – I'm glad we had a chance to talk about this Uh as we're over a year removed, but you go back to that 2022 wide receiver class. It was so tough to stack those guys because mm. they were all so talented, but in different ways, they Way just offered different. something a little different. Right. And we, we talked about this how many times yep. leading up to the draft uh, that year with, you know, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Drake London, Chris Olave, uh, you throw Jahan Dotson and Trey Burks in there. I mean, it was really more of a, stylistic preference than anything you know for me like Garrett Wilson I just I love the skill set he was my easy wide receiver one by the time it was all said and done but then I really struggled with wide receiver two because I loved London I loved Olave uh I loved Jamison Williams and I ended up going with Jamison Williams as my wide receiver two because the speed was just so special Mm -hmm. and and not just the speed but the way he used it uh, within his route functional speed yeah, it, the ball instincts were there. Um, yep. So, you know, I should mention suspended six games, the first six games this year for uh, the gambling, uh, violating the gambling policy in the NFL. But once he gets back on the field, man, he could be such a weapon. And I just, I can't wait to see it. He, he's an easy breakout candidate. 
Yeah, and the thing with too, what you loved about him was, yeah, was he wasn't like a great blocker or anything, but he was willing, and sure. he's a great special teamer. There's clips, you know, we've seen yeah. it like as the gunner, and he used him like that last year. Uh, the Lions were easing him back, getting him used to kind of running again. So I know I just want to see him, like because he has, yeah. he, I, I think people that aren't focused on kind of the draft and, and young players and everything like that, or watch college ball, they just focus on the NFL. It's like. Wait till you see this speed. <laughs> Wait till you it's see different. this. It's different. It really is. I mean, it was so hard to come up with a comparison with him. And uh, I love what you're talking about the receiver class last year because there will be a guy I talk about later. But it was. It was just all about flavors. And it wasn't a shocker who ended up being my number one guy with Drake London mm-hmm. uh, as a sucker for see- uh, size that I like. And and then I, I, I went London, I think Olave two, and then I went Wilson three, James Williams four. I think that's how yeah. I ended up. But then even Garrett Wilson, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about all these guys. They're great players. <laughs> all the guys to keep an eye on. But I actually went with Zach Tom, uh, the fourth rounder for the Packers, who played all over uh, last year. They have him as a starting right tackle, but they're kind of using him in at center as well. Uh, I'll, I'd be lying if I said I watched a lot of day three offensive linemen last year. I, I was most, I do skill positions, and I just catch up with all the top 100 guys. But uh, but a guy like Zach Tom, like what was kind of his MO maybe coming out of college that you remember, Dane? And did you expect maybe this kind of consistent good play right away from a fourth-round rookie like this? Uh, uh, any insight on Tom? Oh, no, I mean, I, I didn't expect this, but, you know, the, the Packers have a, a knack for finding these guys, right? Yeah, um, I, you know, I think with Tom, I think the thing that stood out the most was the versatility. I mean, he mm-hmm. is a guy that when he's at Wake Forest, he started as, as a center, then he moved to left tackle. He goes to the Packers and I, he played everywhere except for center. I, he, yep. They played on both guard spots. They played on both tackle spots. But he also has that experience at center if eventually that's what they want him to do. So um, I, he's a guy that... Uh, really trust his technique. He trusts his mm-hmm. skill. Like he understands what he's good at and what maybe he's not good at. Um, yeah. he, his tape, strong, independent hands. Um, not the not a mauler, not a guy that's just going to latch and control you. He doesn't have that that core strength. Uh, not not a guy with that, uh, like the mass on his body, the, yeah. the length that gets you really excited, but body control, um, understanding of angles, really smart. Uh, I, I graded him as a fourth rounder, a guy that could be a backup, maybe become a starter. I think he's already exceeded those expectations. Yeah, it's and it looks even like better. <laughs> it, it's oh, yeah. it, sh- it shocked me because I you know you hear it and it's like you know fans are hyping up their guy, their day three guy, their their steal, their gem. And you're like, okay, yeah, whatever, I'll watch him. And I was like, oh shoot, he looks like a vet. And yeah. everything you're saying, understanding, that's kind of what he looks like. He, he the hand technique, the He's very good at the whole replacement hands, you know, hand replacement. Yes. And, you know, a guy gets knocked off and he just keeps it on. But no, Tom is already, a, I think, a good player. And I think just someone that can just keep getting better as they find the like kind of real landing spot for him. But glad you bring it up as versatility as well. Uh, the last one for the second year players in the NFC North, second year player who had a better first year than most people realized. Well, just to follow along with what you were saying uh, with the tackles, going back and watching the offensive tackles from that 2022 class and seeing how they performed as rookies, I was far more impressed with Braxton Jones than I thought I'd be. He started all 17 games at left tackle for the Bears as a fifth-round pick, which that alone, just being out there and starting games as a fifth-round pick at left tackle, that's a win if you're Chicago. But I don't can't believe I'm saying this. I thought he was the best rookie offensive tackle last year. Wow. And that is saying something. That's not crazy though. It, it was a really, was yeah, it, it was a really tackle rich. And I'm not, I'm not saying if the, 
if we had to redraft, he would be yeah. the first tackle drafted. I'm not saying that. I'm saying just as rookies from week to week, I thought he was the most consistent. And uh, they were, what, three tackles drafted top 10 that year with Icky mm-hmm. and Evan Neal and Charles Cross. And uh, I mean, Charles Cross certainly has a case to be made as well. But I, I was really going back. But to the fact those you're Bears talking games, about him in that same tier as those guys is crazy. Ex- and, right. and it's not a second rounder. It's a fifth rounder. Fifth rounder out of Southern <laughs> Utah. Crazy. A guy that yeah. hadn't faced top competition week in, week out. And um, I mean, I throw on the, the matchup against the Bills. I mean, he, yep. I, maybe he gave up one pressure, maybe. Uh, also really good in the run game. So yep. uh, the, the one thing that really stood out were some of the penalties that was were an issue. But uh, he's a young player. You expect, especially in the fifth round, you expect that. He was a lot better than I I thought he was. uh, And I think better than most people realize. He's a guy just talking about like Tom and where people are like, oh, it's our day three rookie that we all love. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. He's probably just fine. And again, like you're saying, he was a plus player. Um, and, and, and the zone stuff, he's really good at, you mentioned the run game. He was one of the guys I, I mentioned too. I Jaquan Brisker as well, but that's kind of like, I can't talk about Jaquan Brisker anymore. Anyone who listens to any of these shows, I think I've talked about him 40 times in the last year. So, but yeah. Jaquan Brisker, keep an eye on him. But then the last guy, I, I, the other guy I'm going to throw in here is James Houston, the edge for the Lions, yes, six rounder. Yeah. I mean, if you told me this guy would come in in the last month and a half of the season and like do what he did like that's not one of the bets i would make on the 2022 yeah. season uh i looked up the stats on true media and lowered the threshold this is how little or how few snaps james houston played 88 pass rush snaps usually the threshold i use is 200 uh when i look at stats to get qualifiers so 88 pass rush snaps so i lowered the threshold all the way down to 88 just to see where he ranked first in qb hits per pass rush snap first in the entire nfl 13.6%. To put that in perspective, Nick Bosa led the NFL last year with a historical number, like an all-time number, at 10.1%. Mm-hmm. So better than baby like J.J. Watt's best seasons. I know it's 88 snaps. Most of these guys have 500 of these. So <laughs> that's why you don't want to disco stew this all the way to the top and you know extrapolate all of it. But he was also first in uh, splash plays per snap, which is you know sacks and TFLs and PBUs and, and run stops and all those types of things. But James Houston... Anyone paying attention to the lines, you could just see him affecting the game. He had a great battle with Iki Aquanu from the Panthers yeah. that really made me uh, – actually, this preseason and last season during the season. But during the he regular season, more than he got him. Times. Yeah. He got him. It was okay. like he was winning more than losing, and it was a good battle for those two young guys. But really fun kind of DPR designated pass rusher type that, uh, I mean – six rounder emerged out of nowhere what do you what, what was kind of insight maybe why he lasted to the six rounder what he was because it wasn't like he was an overwhelming profile as a prospect well and, and people i don't think they they know like he started at florida like he was at florida yep. for a while as a, an sec guy transfers to jackson state and really productive he had like 25 tackles for losses last year 16 sacks uh a ridiculous forced fumbles numbers like six or seven something crazy uh but it's just the profile like the size he was like yeah. six, six foot even uh really short but he was disproportionately long like 34 and a half inch arms and you see that you kind see of like uche a little bit like uche's yeah, like that right. too yeah yeah and he's explo- super explosive and so you use that that short stature if you can bend a little bit, you've got that explosion, and you use that short stature to your yeah. advantage to dip underneath, to use leverage. Uh, and that's exactly what he does. But he, he'll go at you, too. He'll use those heavy hands. He'll use uh, that length that he has. So uh, that some of that natural twitch, uh, you yeah. know, it really – uh, it, it shows on tape. He's a guy that, you know, got in trouble at Florida. Um, you know, I think just some of the discipline stuff uh, that, that factors into this, too. 
but as, like you said, as a DPR, a guy that can come in and give you quality pass rush snaps, uh, you could do a lot worse than uh, what, what Houston gave you uh, or gave Detroit as a as a rookie last year. It's like even if that obviously it's not going to maintain that rate and everything. Like even if it just like halves. That's still such a useful player. Oh, and sure. some of that you got in the sixth round where some teams are, I mean, ask the Falcons, have been begging for any semblance of a pass rusher ever. And they find this guy in the sixth round. So, yeah, just an interesting player, a unique player and productive. And eye test has been matching it. It's not, I don't think, any anything fluky. He's straight up beating his guy. And yeah. I, I think that's really cool. Uh, well, uh, really, two, two, I, I wrote down three pass rushers from the, the yeah. north here. Uh, Houston was one of them. And then two other words I'll just mention. Uh, Kingsley and Nagbare from the Packers. Yep. He was like the final great pick of the fifth round. Yeah. Uh, he had the same pass rush win rate last year as Joe Tryon, as Jadavion Clowney. Uh, like he's not a speed guy, which is no. why he fell on draft weekend, but power in his hands. Uh, he can forklift blockers from his pass. Yes, he's just, that's he, what he did he this preseason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he, he was a nice find for the Packers in round five. And then uh, Dominique Robinson for the Bears. Yeah. Uh, fun stories, a wide receiver, uh, former quarterback, then wide receiver, then turned pass rusher at Miami of Ohio. Bears draft him. He's the opposite. He's more of that speed guy. Uh, offenses, they know they can run at him, uh, and that really limits his ceiling, but he's got the juice where he can get pressure on those obvious passing downs like a, like a James Houston. Nice. I know. Yeah, some fun ones. I, I, I'm glad he gave – I'm glad you gave the other ones a shout out too, because it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's fun when it's not the, just the elite pedigree guys that, especially mm-hmm. at a position like this. I mean, we're talking about a, a, even left tackle. We're talking about Braxton Jones and we're talking right. about James Houston. These guys are like real good players as rookie day three rookies at positions that teams throw so many resources at. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you change. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub 
has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We're going on to rookies here. Who's the first-round rookie that you're most excited to watch this year? Yeah, I wanted to say Darnell Wright. Uh, speaking yeah, that's, of uh, tackles, that's <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, what his impact can be at right tackle uh, and what that, that can do for the Bears' offense as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the Bears are hoping Braxton Jones, Darnell Wright, you've got your bookend tackles for a long time. We'll see if that's how it works out. Uh, but I have to say Jameer Gibbs. That, that's who I'm most excited to see. Bijan Robinson, you know, he got most of the pub when talking about running backs uh, throughout the draft process. But the line I kept using with Gibbs was you cannot list the top 25 uh, prospects in last year's draft without including Gibbs. You just can't do it. He, he's so explosive as both a runner and receiver. Uh, now is 12 overall a little higher than I thought he'd go. A little rich. Yeah, a little bit. But obviously the Lions have a plan for the usage yeah. and the impact, and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, he's explo- – uh, we just did our NFC North preview pod, and like they, they're relying a lot on him, which is sure. good and bad. It, but it's also – it's like – what do you, he has juice, real, real yeah. juice. And uh, obviously the pass catching stuff is what people are focusing on, but they need that in the run game, especially. And that was, uh, that was kind of our kind of theme, our crux of our theme for talking about the Lions on offense was they need speed. And Jameson Williams is one, but until he comes back, they need it somewhere. And Gibbs is going to, I think, kind of bring that. Uh, for me, Darnell Wright was my first answer. And, yeah. th- and more of a... This is more of just more in just me in a schematic nerd way. Uh, Jordan Addison, I'm also excited mm-hmm. to watch just because I just want to see how the Vikings use him and what the Vikings offense looks like with this another talented player. And one that, you know, especially after he tested and measured and everything, a lot of people cooled off on him. But I think me and you kind of 
we're still fine with him. Like we were still, we're like, okay, yeah. no, I was just, cause he's still a good player. Even watching Caleb Williams again, I just I was like watching Addison. I'm like, man, he just had, he just has something to him uh, as like yes. a route runner and feel and hands. And yeah, even usually he's, he's a way outlier of guys I usually like, but I right. just think he's a good football player. There, so I'm excited some, to see it. Yeah. There's, there's some, some Calvin Ridley there. I mean, there, there's, uh, uh, there, there's some just of that, that feel. Him and, and, and when, where he went, if he ends up leading, uh, all rookies at targets, it wouldn't be surprising. I mean, like no. you think about Justin Jefferson, all the attention he's going to demand yep. that obviously the, the Vikings are going to throw the ball quite a bit. Uh, you know, Jordan Addison, he's going to be the number two, number three in that offense. Uh, and so we'll, we'll be interesting, like you said, to see how exactly they use him. Uh, a guy that 175 pounds soaking wet, right. but uh, he knows how to ball. So uh, yep. yeah, I think he's, he's a guy that's, uh, you know, going high, not high, but, one of the first rookies drafted in fantasy football leagues yeah. uh, for a reason. Yeah. he And also, he I, I hate sounding like this, but he plays bigger and plays faster on film. Like, his yeah. testing did not, neither matched what I expected. Like, I, you know, I, I knew he'd be lighter, but I didn't know he'd be that light. And I knew, yeah. like, he was an overwhelming athlete, but I didn't know he'd be like that. So, but I, I'm just very, overall, very excited to watch the Vikings offense. More curiosity and I think some optimism. Um, so, getting out of the first round, who's a non first round rookie that can make the biggest impact in NFC North? I've got about yeah, I, 40 here. As you say, there's a lot of candidates, right? Um, yeah. I, Brian Branch, I, one of the 1A for in the me. Draft. Exactly. Yep. I, I, He's going to be a dude in the secondary from day one. I uh, can't wait it's to see so that. Fun. Uh, Sam Laporta sticking with the Lions. Uh, one B. He's going to see a ton of targets <laughs> in the Lions. Offense. Exactly. All right, I'll, I'll let you talk about those two guys. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, sorry. I don't mean to cut no, you off, no, no, but it's just, but it's just, just funny. I because I I go by team by team, and I got the yeah, Lions. Right. I was like, okay, well, got to list yeah, both yeah, of those guys, right. and then I went to other teams. But yeah, great answers right there to start start well, the show. Chicago, I mean, Tyreek Stevenson, uh, the yep. corner, a big, physical, athletic. He's had a nice camp. I think he's going to play, uh, be an early factor for that defense. I'd really love to go with Tyler Scott for my answer, the speedy receiver for the Bears, uh, one of my favorite guys in the draft. Yeah, but uh, I have to go to Green Bay and what they did on day two of the draft. I think they. They hit the tight end lottery uh, on day two with Tucker Craft in the third round, but more specifically, uh, Luke Musgrave in round two. Uh, I think he would have been the easy tight end one in other most other drafts. He falls into the laps of Green Bay at pick forty two. So, yeah. uh, and I think ironically that 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 was the pick they got from the Jets, I believe, in the Aaron Rodgers trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know the athleticism, the speed that you see from Musgrave, I, I just I can't wait to see how they use him. The the usage rate he barely played last year because of his in- injury. Yep. This year, I think he's going to play a ton for the Packers. They're really expecting a lot out of him. I think he can do it. I think he's got mm-hmm. the athleticism uh, and to be able to step up and be that guy. Now, just needs to be a little more consistent finishing catches. Um, you know, blocking. He is a good blocker. It's just. He, NFL blocking is different, and yeah. it, it will take time for him to adjust to that. But as a pass catcher uh, down the field, he is a guy that has a, absolutely a chance to uh, blossom in, in this offense and be one of Jordan Love's top targets. Yeah, I, I know in our tight end preview show, uh, we were talked about him, and I, I think my one-liner with him was just like, he just moves different. Like that was – that's like – that's all I could do. I couldn't like wrap my way, like a good way, succinct way to really describe them. But other than that, and yeah. they obviously love them. Like it, it's hilarious. Like 
LaFleur won't shut up about him. He's like, oh, you know, this rookie has to do this. You know, Van Ness has to do this. And we'll see if we can play that guy. Luke Musgrave? Oh, yeah, we got jet sweeps going to him. Oh, yeah, we got exactly. him on third. We got him on the red zone. We got him on go balls. Right. It's He just loves them, which is good. And he's playing every snap. He's on the field, like, every snap for them, which is Good and bad. Good, you know, like, you know, it's mm. it's a rookie tight end that you're lying on. So, obviously, I'm glad you mentioned him. I thought you were going to mention Jaden Reed uh, for, for the Packers yeah. as well because I know you well love him. Because he's, he's probably going to start, right? Uh, yep. He's starting to slot for him. I mean, yeah, he, he's a guy that with, you know, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, those are guys that, uh, you know, gear two for both of them and, you know, can – they're not proven, but they, I think both exceeded expectations in year one. And so yeah. there's some expectations with them now, but you know, yeah. how does Jade Reed fit in, in that, uh, with that trio of receivers right there? That Jaden Reed, I don't think got the respect that he deserved throughout the process. He was the best receiver I saw at the senior bowl. Uh, he had an outstanding junior year. And then a senior year, the offense just fell apart without kind of Walker. terrible offense. Yeah. It was, it was tough to watch, yeah. uh, but I mean, Jaden Reed was the same guy. He's got speed, outstanding ball skills. He'll take the ball uh, and make catches over corners. Um, you know, he's he's a guy I'm excited to see as well. Um, he, he's a good player. Yeah, uh, Jaden Reed is he's the definition of a useful for me. Like, it's just uh, he's just a football player, and like like you said, inside outside. Yeah, he just does a lot of things well. Checks a lot of boxes. I was so. I, I was so glad when we did the pre-show before the draft that you were high on him. I was like, okay, cool. I'm not going crazy because nice. it was a rough go with that offense. Uh, but, yeah, Brian Branch uh, was the first guy. He was my 1A because I think he would be a breakout player. He was, I, I try to avoid using rookies on our preview shows, but I had to with him because yeah. uh, just awesome. Just a slot, useful blitzer, man coverage, zone, just kind of a, a very modern NFL defender that will play a lot of snaps and a lot of like tangible snaps that affect the game. And I just love his IQ. Just, yeah, I, I compared him to Jimmy Ward coming out because Jimmy Ward moving to the slot last year, especially right. that's kind of what my comparison came from. Um, but I, I just think how they, how they like to play the lines do, they're going to be in a lot of man coverage. They're going to blitz a lot. I think that's where it's like, yeah, I like that with him. So, yeah, another guy. I'm really excited to watch him. Sam Laporta, of course, uh, the tight end for the Lions. Uh, Roshan Johnson, want to throw him in here as well. Mm-hmm. They're already having him as a pass-protecting back with the ones, I believe, with the Bears, which I think if anyone watched him, it's not surprising because he was such a smart and just well-rounded player. I think he's just – as the season goes along, he's going to eat more and more snaps. I really like Khalil Herbert, uh, but yeah. I just think Johnson will just kind of get more and more of those real – Real, real tangible dozen or so uh, touches a game, and, and it would just keep going. I also wanted to ask you about one other guy for the Vikings because uh, is Ivan Pace, the undrafted yeah. free agent at linebacker, who, like might be starting for them as an undrafted rookie <laughs> linebacker. Right. Again, that's a good and bad thing. Uh, maybe why did he drop or maybe went undrafted in the first place? Uh, do Do you have anything on that? Uh, I mean, uh, he I gave him a fourth round grade, and like he just missed my top one hundred. He was right there. Uh, I, I was. Sh- Pretty surprised he went undrafted. I thought he might he would fall, uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't think he would go undrafted. I mean, he's just he doesn't fit a lot of what you look for at linebacker. He's five ten and a half, two hundred thirty yeah. pounds. Um, but he ran well. Uh, you know, he his testing numbers were, were solid. He ran in the four fives, but his production is just off the charts. Um, I, I think it just when, when you think of what he does well, where does he fit on your defense? Like, can like he wasn't an overwhelming special teams player, so you're just you're worried about that. Can he take on blocks and be a yeah. guy that consistently works through the trash? I mean, there are questions about that. 
uh, you know, a lot of his highlights came when he was, you know, blitzing and he just, he sees things so quickly that he's in the backfield before the offense could do anything about it. That's why he had over 20 tackles for loss. So um, the urgency and play speed and instinctive nature that he plays with, I just, I don't, I don't care what level of football you're playing. It's just, it's going to translate. And he just has a, uh, the, the way I, I compared him was to like a UFC fighter. Like he's so scrappy, so strong, right. so competitive. It's getting uh, you to the mat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some, yeah. Sometimes it's frenetic. Sometimes it'll work against him a little bit. But yeah. man, I don't, I don't, I just don't know how he's not going to. Because he's usually not my type of guy uh, because he is a little undersized. Yeah. And he, it, take you like your off. traditional mics. Like you, I do, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, but I couldn't help but. I gave him a fourth round grade, which is much higher yeah. than I thought I would give him going into the process. I just liked him more and more. I this is one of those players going when I gave a grade, I knew I would be wrong on draft day, but I feel like I'd be right two years from now. And right. you know, hopefully with the Vikings, he gets a chance because I just he's one of those guys that they will have a real tough time cutting a guy like Ivan Pace. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they love him, and they're they're playing yeah. him a lot the preseason. I think they gave him the green dot, which means you know he's calling plays on the that defense. So it does, and you know he had a couple of coverage botches that I noticed, but it's like it's nothing like overly concerning. Uh, but it's yeah, yeah, stand out. You know, don't really see the the starting undrafted rookie, and especially at a position like linebacker. You know, that's yeah. a lot that they're they're giving to him. Just mentioning that he's a blitzer makes sense with what Brian Flores likes to do as well. So yeah, could be an interesting name to keep an eye on. So he's in front of uh, Asamoa, right? Who yeah, they're kind of uh, going back and forth a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a second year player. That's the, yep. who the Vikings drafted, thinking okay, Kendricks might be a, a right. cap cut. You know, Asamoa is going to be a guy that you know eventually take over that role and. Yeah, you know, let the best man win. You know, like that—that's something you want competition at these positions. You do, and it looks like the Vikings have it. Kind of respect teams that actually like are fine with that. They're like, hey, whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I gotta love that because some—I know some teams that really uh, protect the picks. Uh, but uh, yeah. we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna move on down south here to the the maiden. I don't know what I call it. I always want to say the south is like the maiden division. I don't know why. Like, because it's like <laughs> the new division. It's not in my brain. It's East Central West. That's that's what I grew up with. But the NFC South, uh, second year players, second year players who with the most to prove in the NFC South for you, Dane. Uh, this was an easy one. Uh, I got to go with Iki Aquanu. Uh, he was up and down as a, a starting left tackle for the mm-hmm. Panthers last year. Uh, he really struggled against Miles Garrett in that opener. It was kind of like welcome to the NFL moment. Yeah, that's, and that's rough. then he seemed to figure things out yep. midseason. And then I thought he disappointed a little bit down the stretch. So uh, way too many penalties. Uh, I think it was second most behind only Tyler Smith. Uh, and I, I loved him coming out of NC State. He was my top tackle that uh, yep. that year. But there was some projection involved. You love yeah. the traits, uh, but it's, okay, he needs to be a little more, you know, he needs to develop in some of these areas. And, okay, now fast forward to this year, you've got an undersized rookie quarterback. The Panthers need him to develop quicker than what he's shown so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Even this preseason, he has struggled. The communication seems off. His landmarks in pass pro have been in- inconsistent. Uh, the coaches love him. I know that for a fact uh, because of how hard he works, yeah. how much he wants to be better. It's just, uh, and the talent is there. It's just, can he get Absolutely. it figured out before the quarterback gets hurt? Uh, that That's kind <laughs> of the, the big question with uh, Iki Aquano going into this year. Yeah, he was my answer, but I kind of had him just kind of in there, like just kind of some thoughts and he kind of sums up a lot of my feelings with the Panthers is very disappointing early last year. And then like really came along I actually really enjoyed watching the Panthers in the second half of last year, which is like shocking defense and offense. The offensive line was playing great. And he epitomized that 
Um, I already mentioned the game against Houston, uh, the player Houston, not the team Houston, uh, but also just in the run game, he's still already there. He's already a plus player in the run game, which is like really good. Okay, at least we have that. Thank, thank God. But the pass game stuff is just like he's never trusts his sets. Like he, you can tell he's thinking in his sets like, okay, because uh, that was an issue coming out of college was he's overset. Overset, it was like, okay, you're a great athlete. You don't have to do that. <laughs> just, just slow down a little bit. And it seems now that he's just, he's like out of rhythm. He's like a golfer with a golf swing that they just learned something new. And they're like, they're trying to think of it. So the swing's not really smooth and everything. I speak from experience. So it's, but the preseason has been like a little disappointing. Not, some of the past stuff is not as bad. It's always never as bad as it seems and never as good as it seems. Watching it on film and watching all 22, it's like, okay, he did have some bad ones, but it's like overall is okay. But the run game, he's still strong. But yeah, he, he's he got to justify being the OT tackle one and a building block for that team that needs needs him, especially on offense. Yeah. And the guy I'm going with was a different offensive lineman uh, is Trevor Penning, offensive tackle for the Saints. Um Got to see it. They used him as yeah. a six offensive lineman last year. Kind of, he came, he was battling injuries, kind of came in and out, kind of playing with the line this year. Still kind of looks like that raw prospect coming out of Northern Iowa. Kind of just, you know, over, over, you know, it just doesn't have the lower body strength at times, consistent lower body strength to really get the push and kind of get blown back and pass sets. You see flashes of his movement and his athleticism that he tested well, but it's just, Hasn't really come together yet. So again, they draft him very high. They need him. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've had yeah. pretty pretty big aspirations this year. So Trevor Penning, the left tackle for the New Orleans Saints, would be my answer for this question. Well, I think I'm a little more optimistic on Penning because I used him for the next category, which is okay. uh, who's re- second year player ready to break it's out. Like a big step, uh, you know, because it's. It, he did. He missed most of his rookie year because of that injury, yeah. and I think it really affected him. But I thought, just watching him this preseason, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, you yeah. know, he's yeah. I mean, I think you're exactly right. He he was known as this big athlete, over aggressive mentality, and that's still the case. But yeah. I think he has shown maybe a little more control uh, yeah. with NFL coaching, pass sets especially. Yeah, it, there's going to be rough spots this year, and he needs to continue to mature. There, there's no doubt about that. But I do think this year. There will be more good than bad. Um, I, the best way to put it, I don't. I don't think left tackle will be viewed as a as a weak spot for the Saints um, after this season. That's a good now. way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. No. I uh, and that's the thing is that that's what he was drafted to be. It was not going to be. Yeah. Hey, day one, he's going. It's like no, he's going to take some time. So it's just someone to keep an eye on. I, I did have one more player for the second year, uh, yeah. most approved, and this is. I, I think you can put Desmond Ritter. Uh, in this category. <laughs> you think? Uh, well, I mean, it, I mean, he's a third rounder, right? So yeah, you don't yeah. necessarily think of, oh, he's got a lot to prove. But factor in, okay, they've drafted an offensive skill player in the top 10 each of the last three years with mm-hmm. Pitts, uh, Drake London, Bijan Robinson. The offensive line is in good shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ritter's playing for an offensive coach who is going to put him in position to make plays. They are in a very winnable division. So again, even though Ritter was a third round pick, he's got a lot to prove. Yeah, uh, not not only for Atlanta to win this year, but just to keep the franchise from upgrading the position in the offseason. Uh, so with, with all the context going around there, I, I do think that Ritter fits that category. Yeah, and he 
they and how confident they were in kind of anointing him this year was very even right. for me who is like I, I like Ritter. I was very surprised by that. I was like, oh mm-hmm. wow, that was that was very quick to do that. They had four starts and he was kind of you know up and down those four starts. But again, I I, I like Ritter. I, I do think he. I've never thought he would be like an elite guy or anything, but I thought he'd be a tolerable starter. Like I I said, 18th this year, 18th best starter this year would be a. a a success, especially for a right. third rounder. Um, but it's like, even if you compare him to like how uh, Sam, how for the commanders, he had to go through a battle with Jacoby Brissett. Like they didn't just give it to him. So that's, what's just unique maybe going on with Ritter right now, but no, technically this is a great answer. Um, so yeah, for the second year players ready to take a big step, did you have any other players other than Penning or anyone that you want to throw out there? Um, I, you know, I think uh, in terms of breakout candidates, uh, the Falcons with um, Arnold Epichetti and Troy Anderson in their front yeah. seven. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know listening to the uh, division previews, you guys mentioned Anderson as a player that you guys both like as a breakout candidate. And I 100% agree. Big time athlete. Yeah, his Montana State tape was a ton of fun. Obviously, he was raw as a rookie when you consider his background, but just interested to see what he can do in year two. And then uh, another guy who I know you like quite a bit, uh, Rashad White. You know, questions with Tampa at quarterback, uh, questions with the offensive line. I'm not sold that White is going to be a thousand yard rusher this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ranks top five in the NFL among running backs in targets. Uh, Yeah, maybe even higher. Yeah. If Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey are the only backs this year with more targets than than White, that that wouldn't surprise me. I I think that the his skill set and just the way that offense is set up to uh, the way that they're going to have to operate this year. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it wouldn't be surprising if he sees 80, 90 targets uh, as a pass catcher. Yeah. And that's, and that's his background too, you know, the, the former right. receiver and everything. And yeah, his they and you know, with their new offensive coordinator, they're running a lot more zone than they did in the past. And you can see Dave Canales, trying to kind of use some Arians left, which runs, you know, duo, which is more of an at you power run. The thing is Rashad white actually doesn't have the greatest feel on duo. So I'm like, actually kind of like, okay, what's the zone actually might be good for him. So I'm very curious to see how he does in the run game and stuff. Cause it's not like he d- tries to do the right thing, but you can tell it's not always natural as far as vision right. and stuff. He looks like a former receiver sometimes, but then sometimes he guesses right. And it's great because he's explosive and he's got good balance and everything. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought him up. I actually have uh, Luke Gadecki, the Bucks uh, second rounder from last year, uh, looking good in this preseason at the right tackle spot. Um, they bust, uh, bumped Tristan Wirfs over to the left side. He looks fantastic on the left side. Zero yeah. concerns about how he's going to translate over there. Oh, my God, he looks great. Uh, but the Gadecki on the right side, a lot better than I was anticipating in this preseason, at least. And just someone to keep an eye on, um, you know, coming out of the Central Michigan, uh, shockingly had two offensive linemen drafted <laughs> on day two last year. Don't really expect the Chippewas to have that type of guys. Well, both were former tight ends. Yeah, yeah I guess Eric days, Fisher. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, but yeah, Gadecki is another one because he is, uh, you could see him taking a little step forward, at least in the preseason. Um, the one kind of like one just laying here and is Drake London. Uh, I just have to give him a shout out in one of these categories. So I'm going to throw him in here. Uh, my receiver one that I mentioned before in that last year's draft class actually had a better year than I think people realize that Falcons offense is always going to be kind of weird as far as the counting stats. But you look at more of some of the underlying metrics, like successful targets per route run, which is a, a number I've really liked to look at. He was ninth among all players last year. He was in between Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. That's that's 
pretty fun. Uh, 15, yeah, 15th in yards per route run overall, all players. Um, the guys just below him, so the guys he outranked were Amari Cooper, Scary Terry, Jamar Chase, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devontae Smith. And Ritter knows where his bread is buttered. Uh, he peppered him. Just was like, oh, every every pass play, every drop back, he was going to Drake London. So I think he's going to have a little bit more counting stats this year. I'm very excited to watch him play um, just overall. And I think he's, yeah, obviously going to take a big step big step forward this year. Well, and I, I don't now, think people realize, like, he had the same number of catches as Chris Olave, same number of touchdown catches as Chris Olave. Like, it's not like he was drastically behind those two Ohio State guys, but he was right there in terms of yeah. targets, in terms of receptions. Um, so, yeah, it, he's... If he didn't break out in year one, I think he, that's, yeah, he definitely will. That's uh, why I felt like this was cheating. Two. It was more like a yeah. national standpoint, like breakout. Like, you know, that's kind of like right. how I have to game this system. Cause sometimes I bring up that's some fair. like blocking, blocking receiver, blocking tight end. It's like some guy breaking out. It's like, yeah, they're going to finish with 10 catches this year. Um, yeah. So the, the last second year player category for the NFC South, uh, who had a better first year than most people realized. Uh, I'm going to go with Saints corner, Alante Taylor, uh, who was inconsistent, but the flashes, I think, are really, really promising. Uh, it was maybe the Falcons game um, last year where he just he kept getting his hands on the football. And yeah. with the Saints releasing Bradley Roby uh, today, it looks like Taylor is going to be the new nickel for New Orleans, which I think fits his skill set really, really well. Uh, scouting Taylor at Tennessee, I thought he might actually be a better safety because of just that versatility he mm-hmm. offers with his athleticism, his size, his toughness. Um, definitely encouraged by what I saw from Taylor uh, in year one. And one other name I wrote down, uh, I want to shout out Buccaneers tight end, Coquifed, uh, who drafted yeah. late, six round. Uh, he had seven catches, baby. okay? Seven catches. But as a blocker? <laughs> Uh, Dude, he is. He was. He, he was really he can, good. And, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the other thing, he was one of only two rookies last year with double-digit tackles on special teams. So, okay. uh, Kate Otten, he was the better rookie tight end for the Bucks last year. But this guy deserves some love too with how he played uh, as a blocker and then so on, then on special teams. I. God, that's I'm glad you mentioned him. He is whenever you see a tight end with 41, you're always like, I know what you are. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he'll 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 never finish those career receptions. He'll never yeah. get he'll never get to 40. Uh, but right. yeah, great. Both of those uh, they had to use him a little too much for maybe what that Bucks team was trying to be last year and Tom Brady's last year. But hey, live trial by fire for both of them. I, I liked yeah. them both. So great shout out right there. I actually went with Rashid Shaheed, uh, the receiver mm-hmm. for the Saints, undrafted free agent. I even watching him thought maybe he also wears number 22, which I hate, but whatever. Uh, uh, but I actually, when even watching him, I thought he would just be a straight burner and just one of those types. It's like, okay, get him in there. You're 20 snaps, 12 of them are go balls and posts. More real receiver to him than maybe I even gave him credit for watching the Saints last year and when I kind of restudied that offense this offseason. So, wanna had a better year. Counting stats aren't like crazy or anything, but might get an uptick this year and i think he compliments who else they have chris olave the ghost of michael thomas uh, and other other pass catchers that they have so a nice complimentary piece who had a pretty good rookie year especially for an undrafted free agent um yeah so yeah and yeah it's kind of a weird list for that category for me i was kind of like yeah i don't know how to i didn't like I was like maybe Drake London, <laughs> uh, like maybe Chris Olave, I guess. Uh, but all right, so for rookies now, first round rookie that you're most excited to watch in the NFC South. Uh, well, we got to have fun group here, right? Yeah. Uh, the Falcons they made yep. John Robinson a top ten pick. Uh, he's equally elusive as he is a bruiser. Uh, the ball sticks to his hands as a receiver, and we know Arthur Smith not afraid to do things a little differently. So 
what's it all going to look like? Uh, can't wait to see that. And, and then, of course, Bryce Young, uh, yep. complete outlier size-wise for a number one overall pick. His arm is more average than it is mm-hmm. elite, but he's genius level when it comes yes. to reading coverages, uh, just the natural instincts that he plays with. Um, now, again, we talked about this with Icky, but there are questions on the offensive line. The receivers aren't all that exciting. Honestly, no. in some ways, uh, it's kind of similar to the situation he had at Alabama last year, relatively speaking, where right. it was primarily on the quarterback to create and make things happen. Uh, that's a lot to ask of a rookie. So while the the Panthers, they were an easy team to avoid last season. Like if you didn't have to watch them, like you didn't feel bad missing them. They are a must-watch team this year. Uh, no question about it with Bryce Young and how it's all going to gel with that coaching staff. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, those are two guys I had as well. Bijan Robinson, like you said, I know we're all going nuts about the receiving ability of him, but him as a runner is just – it's so much fun. I, 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 I'm I, telling you, I can't watch any Texas guys. I, I need new tape of Texas in 2023, so I yeah. stop focusing on Bijan because it's just like he distracts me no matter what. So uh, Bijan, obviously, I'm excited for the Falcons offense, as pretty much everyone and their grandmother knows. Uh, but also Bryce Young, yeah, have to. He's just even in preseason, man. He's just so smooth, so calm. Like you just, like you said, he has that genius level kind of like feel for the game, or just like intellect uh, with the game. And sure. if he plays like that, like he has that innate feel for what's going on around him as far as pressure wise. Um, getting the ball out, he had a touchdown to Adam Thielen that was absolutely beautiful. He threw yeah. two steps before Thielen made this made his break. And you you mentioned that he doesn't have overwhelming arm strength. He knows that. So he and he's not like going like when you see some guys with popcorn arms to get to the NFL and then all of a sudden they're like wait that's picked I used to get away with that when I was playing Ohio but now right. like Bryce Young he's like he knows so he throws it nice and early with great ball placement so really excited to watch him and see how they use him this year because yeah he's just a very very fun player even if uh, obviously the size concerns that's the thing about him real quick is that. As a player, it was never negative about, on him as a player. It was just the outlier as a size. So just got to keep that in mind when you watch him. Uh, so non-first-round rookies that can make the biggest impact are ones that you keep an eye on this year in the NFC South. Well, uh, speaking of Bryce Young and the questionable uh, receiver talent around him, uh, Panthers, they targeted Jonathan Mingo in the second yes. round. And they expect big things out of him in year one. I liked Mingo as a prospect. He's yep. 6'2", 4'4", speed. Uh, I, I like his pacing as a route runner. He's competitive at the catch point. There's definitely upside here, but and especially more so than what his role was at Ole Miss when you watch his tape, but he, he needs fine-tuning. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I liked guys like Cedric Tillman more or Jaden Reed. Um, I, I like them as better options, uh, but both were drafted after Mingo, and so it's going to be interesting to see how that all works out. Um, you know, Mingo's going to get a lot of opportunities. He's going to see a lot of targets, and so just interested to see how that works out. And then there were a couple offensive linemen in this division who are going to be thrown into the fire from day one. Matthew Bergeron in yeah. Atlanta, Cody Mock, uh, Tampa, yep. two college tackles trans or, uh, trying to transition inside to guard. Uh, they also offer, offer that position flex that you want. Uh, a lot's going to be expected of both those guys. So interested to see the impact they can make in year one. Yeah, I wasn't. I was wondering if I could mention Matthew Bergeron again. So I'm glad you you checked that box for you. So I appreciate <laughs> Zach Harrison as well. Uh, the edge for defense and yep. for the Falcons as well. Um, yeah, just a nice feisty player as they're trying to be kind of 
Saints East defense like that right. that he fits that perfectly. He fits he feels like a Saints player, but he's with the Falcons and makes a ton of sense. Mingo was the one I had uh as well. Everything you mentioned really already translating as a blocker, which he showed in college as well, but yep. they're using him. They're, they're trying to use him and spotlight him. He's just going to, he'll have some ups and downs, but I, I liked him. I'm, I really can't much, not much to add to what you kind of, you nailed it. My feelings on Mingo as well. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to a couple six round receivers here. Uh, AT yeah. Perry with the saints yeah. uh, who had a nice preseason. I just look at their depth chart, you know, he's going to be there four or five. We'll, we'll see on cut day. Obviously I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, uh, but also Trey Palmer who I know you yeah. like. I almost threw him down. Yeah. That's a good one. He has looked great this preseason. Uh, I know you're a big fan of him coming out. So, but he is speed, another guy. Speed, speed, yeah. Yes. And has had some great uh, catch point moments where he he dunked a guy like Sean Kemp uh, on one play, which was pretty awesome over the middle of the mm-hmm. field. Cal Trask kind of left him out <laughs> hanging, and he he made it look good. So, uh, but those yeah. two guys, yeah, just interesting six round receivers. Which yeah, it's always fun to watch, especially this this division, which teams in flux, they might get some playing time. Yeah. All right, and so. you always wonder, okay, with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, who's going right. to be that third receiver who takes advantage of maybe some lesser uh, attention on him. Uh, Trey Palmer absolutely could end up being yeah. him this year. I know. Uh, yeah. Rashad White and Trey Palmer. It's uh, some yeah. interesting Bucks Let's pass go. catchers. Yeah. Again, Kate Otten and Coke Coke Keith. Keith. There. Yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah get, some, get some targets together. Let's go, Baker. He got weapons. <laughs> all right. So all right, now we're going out to the NFC West into my time zone. Uh, so we're going with second year players with most to prove in your mind. This was a, uh, the NFC West was interesting for these categories. So I'm curious where you're going to go with these answers. Uh, well, I mean, I, for this category, it's, it's obvious, right? It's got to be Brock Purdy. I mean, it's got to it be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I do think we could probably include just the entire Seahawks 2022 draft class uh, yep. because they performed so well as rookies yep. that now there are expectations set. Uh, avoiding that sophomore slump, living up to the hype, fair or not, and that's going to be important if Seattle's mm-hmm. going to make the playoffs again. So Charles Cross, Abraham Lucas on the offensive line, uh, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen in the secondary – but, I mean, Brock Purdy, uh, obviously trading Trey Lance. Um, they love Sam Darnold. What he's shown is could Sam Darnold realistically see snaps this year if, you know, Brock Purdy doesn't live up to expectations. He only has eight starts uh, in the NFL, including the postseason. Now, he was yeah. really good, I mean, yeah. in, those, in those eight starts. 16-4 uh, to four touchdown interception ratio. Um, I mean, I'm interested in what you think with Brock Purdy going into year two with him. Um, you know, is it – as simple as the 49ers are, you know, a lock to win the West and Brock Purdy is just going to be solid or is there more concern there? I mean, I just uh, kind of let you go with, with yeah. I mean, it's interesting to hear it. I don't, I was like trying to find a second answer. Or I was like, Trey McBride. I don't know. But uh, yeah, <laughs> right. I, I ended up going with, yeah, Brock Purdy as well. And I'm not super high on Purdy. I think he got drafted exactly where he should have been drafted from based off what I saw in college. Yeah. Um, I think with him is that, he does get the easy plays done, if that makes sense. He always goes to the right read, which in that offense is that's what Kyle Shanahan wants. I think he didn't get really punished for some of his chaos balls last year, and that's kind of that was his mo coming out of college was that he was chaotic. He he yep. was he yes he was smart and everything, but then he would just all of a sudden black out, and it could be good or bad. And I think we haven't he hasn't been really punished for that yet. So I'm very curious to see what happens is if he maybe has a game like he had. He had a couple of games where it was like three drop picks. Um, yeah. I think at Seattle was one of them. But now imagine if that those get caught and he's looking and he's eight of twenty four 
and they are in a tight game that they should be blowing out a team, and and he's just not getting it done. Not saying that will happen. I think he can get the job done, but I'm not. I'm very tempered with my expectations with him. <laughs> I I think he can get the job done, but I was slow slow wrong saying like, oh yeah, this guy should have been a rookie of the year and everything. And obviously, I like Darnold, and I think they do too. I I think they I, they know they have that their that in their back pocket because. I mean, Darnold's make some, made some throws this preseason. I know I'm a fan. I think you like him as well coming out. But it's like he ha- yeah. he has a different type can't, of arm talent. You can't, can't dude. No. He's made he's... he made three throws in the last game. I'm like, come on, man. No. At least at least look like shit, so I could just obviously get right. off of you. It's well, like, let me move on with my life. Just guys. I know, but I'm gonna keep <laughs> keep watching him. But yeah, so I I'm curious. I'm not. I haven't been really. I don't want like bash the guy, but I'm not totally buying into the Purdy experience. The one thing I will say that he brings to the table different than like a Jimmy G he'll scramble and he's actually yeah. a pretty good scrambler and he's willing to push the ball. So that's something he does bring, but we'll see how he does in 17, 17 week season. He's coming off at UCL too. It's, it's going to be fascinating coming off. It is. Injury, uh, it's going to be They're the second yeah. favorite in the NFC right now. It's nuts. <laughs> it's bonkers. I, I, it's, it is. It's going to be so much fun to watch. It uh, is. No, that, that'll be fun. Yeah. The NFC is going to be so much fun. AFC is going to be fun in a bloodbath way. NFC yeah, is kind of be a fun in a wild card way, not just wild card teams. Right. Just what what happens? It's such a grab bag. Um, so, all right, sticking with the second year players. Second year players that you think are ready to take a big step. Uh, so, two pass rushers stick out for me in this category. Uh, Seattle. Uh, I think we're going to hear more Boye Mafe noise yep. uh, in year two. He was a guy that. Really toolsy come out of Minnesota, uh, but just wasn't yet the sum of his parts. Still raw, but this preseason, I think he's looked good. A lot more yes. coordinated with his attack. You know, his his hips, his hands, his feet—they're all on the same page. And when you do that, the results will follow. Um, so I think that that Mafe, we're going to hear more about him this year. And then mm-hmm. uh, in San Francisco, the stage is set for Drake Jackson to have a yeah, breakout uh, season. You know, right? A lot of attention on Nick Bosa. Uh, even Javon Hargrave, Armstead's still there. Uh, Jackson's going to have his opportunities. He's a twitched up 270 pounder. And I'm interested to see just, you know, the hands, uh, the power moves. How have they developed in year two? Because, again, the opportunities will be there for him. Yeah, he's with the best D-line coach in, in the league who gets the most out of his players. So it's like kind of a no excuses situation as well. Right. Not that, I mean, last year he was second in the entire NFL uh, with players 200 more pass rush snaps and splash plays. Um, you know, only behind Demarcus Lawrence, but it was him. I, I listed this on our NFC West preview pod, but because he was my mm-hmm. breakout candidate for the for the 49ers. But that list is Demarcus Lawrence one, Drake Jackson two, then it's Miles Garrett, Josh, Josh Uche, Brandon Graham, TJ Watt, Nick Bosa, Cam Hayward, Matt Judon, Max Crosby. So dudes, not like oh that's okay. These are kind of role playing guys. It's like no actual guys. So he's already shown a little bit. They're also like, and I think you could speak to this too. Was at USC they kind of bumped his role and his weight around a lot. Like it wasn't that like a whole it, it thing. It fluctuated like 40 pounds. I mean, right. it was a 290 pounder. Then they, he lost weight when they brought in a new defensive coordinator. And then it's just, yeah, they did, they did not do him any, uh, any, uh, you know, it, it's something that really held him back in terms of production, in terms of yeah. development. Um, so it, it, it's, I, I think he is a player that ended up, could end up looking like a steal because they got him into the second. Like, yep. You know, in the 60s. So could definitely end up being a steal if he's uh turns out to be the player we think he can be. Yeah. I, I, I liked him coming out and everything you mentioned. I think the consistency is going to help him so much. So uh, stick with second-year players. Who are some that had a better first year than most people realize in the NFC West? Uh, So 
I think I think Kobe Durant with the Rams qualifies. Yeah, you know, he had some nice yeah. moments. Um, that Broncos game really stands out. Yep. Uh, sounds like he's in the mix to be a starter this year. Uh, yep. Cameron Thomas was better um, uh, on the defensive line for the Cardinals coming off the bench than I think most people realize. Uh, my answer is going to be Spencer Burford, uh, the 49ers, yeah. uh, fourth-round pick out of UTSA. Won the starting right guard job in camp. Started all 19 games, whatever it was, uh, all mm-hmm. the way through the playoffs. And there were some rough spots, like with any rookie. Uh, the yeah. NFC Championship game uh, against that Eagles pass rush was right. particularly tough. Uh, but for a guy to come in as a rookie, join a veteran offensive line next to guys like Trent Williams and McGlinchey, uh, Burford did a nice job. And he's yeah. not a name that I think most NFL fans – uh, you know, think of uh, when you think about this rookie class, and he's going to be an important part of the 49ers getting over the hump this season. I agree. Uh, he was my the first name that came to mind for me. He, I was shouting out Aaron Banks last year. I thought Aaron Banks okay, had a good yeah. preseason, so I was like, I was like, okay, that's going to be that's going to be the guy that's going to step up for this offensive line. And I was like, who's the right guard? <laughs> I started watching him throughout the season. Yeah, he was a good, solid player as a fourth round rookie at that right guard spot, and. The kind of line I've had with that 49ers offensive line was, especially last year and the end of last year, that was the most talented 49ers. It's not like rare, elite, you know, 1990s Cowboys level, but the most talented offensive line, at least in the 49ers tenure, that Kyle Shanahan has had. And Burford's a part of that. Yeah, and it's not, again, it's not an overwhelming, it was an overwhelming unit, but still is just better than some of the spare parts they've worked with before. So, yeah, Burford, good player. I'm glad you gave him a shout out. The, The Seahawks offensive tackles. Both of them, yeah. Charles Cross and Abe Lucas, I, I think are already plus players, already as rookies. You know, at the tail end of the season, they got beat up a little bit. The rest of the line was falling apart. So had some dips to kind of hit the rookie wall, but I think they're going to be you know, building blocks for a long time. Really, really high on them. And yeah, I had Kobe Durant as well. Uh, everything you mentioned on that. So, and then we're moving on to first round rookies that you're most excited to watch in the NFC West. I'm interested to see Paris Johnson, you know, yeah. obviously a player that uh, the Cardinals traded up for, uh, asking him to play right tackle, which he didn't play at Ohio State. So just seeing his development throughout the season will be somewhat of a reason to watch Arizona uh, this year. But <laughs> my, my answer has got to be the two Seattle first-rounders, right? I mean, yeah. Devin Witherspoon in the secondary. Uh, and even more so, Jackson Smith and Jake Bud in the slot. I think I'm probably most excited uh, to watch him just because we – We've barely seen him since he had that all-time Rose Bowl performance, yeah. uh, which feels like you know forever ago. So he's dealing with a wrist injury right now. So you know we'll, we'll see when exactly he gets back on the field. But when he does, it should be fireworks. And so I just can't wait to see it play out. Yeah, he's kind of he's like a a lucha cruiserweight wrestler that you see like this one like huge high spot and it's pay per view, and then they get hurt all the time. And so you barely, right, right. I know he he kind of. He made some business decisions maybe with the injury last year. <laughs> um, but but honestly, Fair it's set. like that's that's what it is. It's that he had the high spots at that Rose Bowl, and it's like I'm still waiting, I'm like waiting for his next match. It's like I want to see Eddie Guerrero again. I want to see, I want to see, I want to see these guys, I want to see Ray Phoenix again. So yeah, JSN <laughs> was the easy answer for me. And then yeah, Paris Johnson as well. Like I and Witherspoon, I all of them. I just want to yeah. see all of them. Like very interested in all these players. I liked all these players and their landing spots are very interesting. I want to see if Paris Johnson can be that kind of building block that that Cardinals team really needs as they kind of sell everything else around him, especially at the quarterback spot. Um, all right, so last category here on, to, on the NFC West and on this show. Non-first-round rookie that can make the biggest impact in the NFC West. I think the obvious answer is Zach Charbonnet, probably. Yes. <laughs> uh, in Seattle, right? Uh, yep. Even with Kenneth Walker, uh, we're going to see plenty of Charbonnet this season. He's mm-hmm. not that 
ultra explosive guy like like Walker is, but he's above average in a lot of running back specific areas like vision, patience, uh, contact balance, uh, receiving skills. Maybe the best way to sum it up uh, in baseball terms, Walker is your home run hitter. Charbonnet is more of that solid contact guy piling yeah. up the singles and the doubles. So uh, let's keep with the Seattle theme. Walker's, you know, your, your Griffey and Charbonnet's 1995 Edgar Martinez, right? Just oh, a, the hell of a batting my heart average, right now, Dan. Right, <laughs> right, down, uh, right down your alley, right? So uh, that's right. The, the, the Indians beating... Uh, uh, the Mariners and the AL, ALDS, the ALCS that year yes. still be one of my fondest memories. Sorry. but uh, I remember the fireworks going off on TV. And I remember being, yeah. I was like six years old. <laughs> just, yeah, just brutally getting my heart ripped out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all right. I, I mean, the, the Braves took care of business. Uh, yeah. And I, I soon felt the same way. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, Charbonnet is going to, they drafted him in the second round for a reason, even though uh, Kenneth Walker showed so much promise as a rookie. Right. So, how they use those two guys uh, should be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that that's exactly it. And Zach Charbonnet was my answer as well. And I said this on our NFC West pod was that he was <laughs> keeping the baseball comparisons. Uh, he was my Nick Swisher as far as the money ball, uh, yeah. money ball analogy. Statistically, he was great. He was the number one back in FBS, FBS and success rate on first and second down, which is what the Seahawks offense needs more than anything else to stay ahead of schedule. And then on top of it, I like eye test wise. Um, I had a third round grade on him going into the 2022 draft. He came back for the last year and he ended up him and Gibbs. I kind of had tiered similarly in different ways though. Like it just kind of the weight with Gibbs is what kind of knocked him down for me, but I still appreciate him. But Charbonnet, like you said, he just gets on base. He's just, he just does it all. He's good hands. You're not going to run choice routes to him, but like you check the ball down, he's going to get those six yards. Like he's just kind of that that type of guy where he just that's, gets that's hilarious doubles. that our comparisons for Zach Charbonnet or Nick Swisher and Edgar Martinez like yep. that's just that, that's okay. what he is that, that, that works yeah I love yeah it. so yeah twenty home runs you know nice nice on base percentage he gets on right. base yeah that that's what he does he might have to be a DH he's not going to be playing the field though uh, exactly. but no yeah Zach Charbonnet if I also could pick a Ram I guess because they need it uh, that that's kind of what was my secondary choice for this answer and then uh, uh, Cottrell Clark. The corner okay. for from Louisville yeah. starting for the Cardinals right now, I and it. I I think everyone that watched him liked him. I know yeah. you you kind Athletic, of talked about feisty. him. Uh, yeah, just a football player. That that's mm-hmm. what he was, and uh, I know Derek Klassen liked him. Yeah, just a guy that always stood out when you watched him go against Louisville. So, uh, yeah, Cottrell Clark would be the last one I'm going to throw in there uh, for this well, category. There's a, there's a, definitely some uh, maybe because the Rams, the Cardinals, they you know, they're just the state of their roster is as it is. So there's yeah. a lot of day three guys uh, even that could emerge. Like yep. you think of the Cardinals, we're going to see plenty of Clayton tune this year at quarterback. It's him and right. Josh Dobbs and Arizona make no mistake about it. They want Caleb Williams. Uh, and so for that reason alone, we're going to see Clayton tune this year. Uh, and then, you know, for the Rams two dark horse impact rookies, uh, Puka Nakua. Yeah. Who, based on film, I gave him a third round grade. Smart, athletic, uh, another tough guy, but he kept getting hurt. And I, yep. I dropped his grade, I think, just to like the sixth round because of that. And if, and, and it's a big if, if he can stay on the field, I think he has all the talent to produce Absolutely. and produce early. And then on defense, uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson, uh, Ladanian's nephew, all five, seven and a half of him, if he were three inches taller, he would have been a day two lock, probably. Yeah. I, 
Love the speed. He's been, love he's the been a standout in preseason so far. Like he, well, and, he just shows up. One of the reasons he fell, which I guess is tied to his lack of size, but it's the penalties. He was a flag magnet at uh, TCU his last year. It was like 14, 15 penalties. And even this preseason, he's had a few penalties, including uh, that egregious face mask against Denver that got him ejected from the preseason so game. Bad. So, yeah, I, he has the athletic traits and the mentality for the NFL, but he has to prove he can overcome that lack of size yep. without sacrificing the discipline part of it. Uh, so, look, it, we know the Rams' defense is going to be below average this year, yep. so he should get his opportunities. Nope, great shout out. Uh, I'm glad he shout out. Even Byron Young for the Rams, the third round player, had a, had had a decent preseason. Got, he yeah. Got, yeah, he got banged up. Interesting background. Uh, you know, look more into him and stuff. But he had uh, his first preseason game. He he really showed up. You could just tell he's. He has no plan. He's he's a wild right. horse. But, he's explosive. Uh, so but explosive. Yeah, right. Yeah, total wild horse. Just like you yeah. have no idea what you're getting on every snap. But uh, you can see the flashes. and Like that's like a perfect, to me, a third round flyer you take on mm-hmm. an edge. Like you can't get those. That's Those are kind of first roundish tools. But it's like, all right, maybe we get something out of him. Maybe he can be just a role player for us with that. But Puka Nakua is a, a great one as well. Uh, yeah, just I, I know uh, Derek Klassen liked him a lot as well. So that was kind of everybody that – I talked to liked him that I trust, I should say liked him. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I do too. So maybe, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll we'll just keep an eye on him. Made sure to snap him up in some dynasty leagues. Hopefully (laughs) just uh, stay healthy. Yeah. Just stay on the That's it. That's it. That's uh, Jet Sweeps though. He's a good block. Like he actually fits the Rams perfectly. I'm actually so glad he ended up there. Right. And and he's in an offense, you know, with Cooper cup and Van Jefferson. And he's going to learn from these guys and, you know, just, it's a good situation for him. Yep. All right, well, that's it. We got a nice uh, feature film length uh, review. (laughs) (laughs) I got to stop with these. It was a lot of names, but this was great. This is so much fun talking to you. I I love getting background, and I'm sure people do too, of of just players that even, you know, I are obscure to me. And so that's what you're so great at, Dan. So thank you again for, for providing that insight. I love, I love listing, listing names off with you. Just throw some dudes out there that we were standing out to us. So this was a lot of fun. We'll be back again next time. We'll be reacting to week one of the college football season. Yeah. Thank God we are here. We are here and football is starting officially. Now the week zero stuff. So here we go. All systems go. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We will see you next week. This was the Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros podcast.